Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Look around. There seem to be many more people living on the streets or at least trying to exist on them. And the numbers show many more of them can't be certain where their next meal is coming from. Now, imagine that your mission is to help feed all those people. How would you do it? Where would you start? Well, this week, we'll ask someone who knows. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. The Greater Chicago Food Depository has been helping people who are, as they say, food insecure since around 1978. In recent years, it's been evolving to better meet the increasing need for food in more and more households. Well, since 2006... The GCFD has been led by my guest, Executive Director and CEO Kate Mayer. She has started a number of programs at the Food Depository. Some of them have been direct service to clients and others have helped people access services from others. Still more have trained others to provide services. 
but we'll let the director herself tell you about all that stuff. We are conducting this interview via Zoom conferencing, and Kate Mayer, welcome. Greg, it's great to be here with you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Now, let's let's start for our listeners who aren't always familiar with uh, what food depositories do. Tell us about what the Greater Chicago Food Depository is and the kinds of services it provides. Sure. Well, the Greater Chicago Food Depository is what we sometimes call a food bank. We are part of this amazing network of 200 food banks that serve every county in the United States of America. And that network is known as Feeding America. There are actually um, an, an entire network of food banks here in Illinois that serve every one of Illinois' 102 counties, including, including the Northern Illinois Food Bank that serves the counties around Cook County, and then the Greater Chicago Food Depository that serves Cook County, including the city of Chicago. When I say we are a food bank, what that means is every day we are going out and we are getting food, donated food, as well as food that we have to purchase. And then that food comes to our facility. We're located on the southwest side of the city in the beautiful Brighton Park neighborhood. That food then flows out to a network of the most extraordinary community-based organizations. 800 food pantries, soup kitchens, after-school programs for children, older adult programs, those programs are largely run by volunteers, and they are in every neighborhood and every community across Cook County. Together, we serve the people in our community who are at risk of hunger. Uh, and unfortunately, in this moment, this network is doing a booming business. Yeah, booming business is a, it can be a little frightening uh, when you're dealing with the kind of numbers you're seeing. Uh, but um, does the federal government? I know at some points the federal government has helped with its own stores of food. Do you get that kind of federal help now? Do you get as much of it as you used to get? We do. So, so that's a great question. So we get uh, support from a couple of programs, and the biggest is known as the TFAP program. We know that government, particularly federal government, loves to use acronyms. That is a program that uh, directly purchases food from American farmers, and then that food comes to food banks and anti-hunger organizations all across the country. So the Greater Chicago Food Depository receives that food, and generally it's really healthy food. Uh, there have been some ups and downs in terms of the supply because that program, like all of us, has been impacted by inflation. And I can talk a little bit about that in a moment. But that's one of the critical supports that we receive at our food bank. But I'll just take a moment to lift up another really important role of the federal government when we think about our work of making sure that our neighbors have access to food. The Federal Nutrition Safety Net, programs like SNAP, uh, which most people still think of by its former name, Food Stamps, as well as a couple of other key programs, including a program called WIC, which provides support for mothers, infants, and children. These programs 
are often the first line of defense for hungry neighbors. SNAP, for instance, allows people to get a monthly stipend that they can use to go buy groceries in local grocery stores. I lift those programs up because they are so important, and yet they have really been embattled. There are um, everyday conversations in Congress about dismantling that safety net. And we are worried about those conversations because we know that the impact, if those programs were to be cut, would be devastating for Chicago, for Illinois, and for this country. Um, How far do those conversations get? Because Uh, I mean, there are some things when you're talking about uh, entitlement programs and such where, you know, they become political footballs. But WIC and and SNAP serve such a broad swath of uh, of Americans that I I mean, I wonder if they become uh, the same level because there are very few Congress people who could go home to areas where they aren't people. Yeah, that is. You know, Craig, it, it is such a great question. And, and I'll just, um, I'll say, you, you, you know, at the beginning, I've been doing this work for a long time. And for many years, when I would go to Washington, D.C. and talk with legislators, I would come away with this realization that food was something that had the opportunity to bring people together. And I used to say, of all of the people I've talked with on both sides of an aisle from all different walks of life, I had yet to meet anybody who thought it was okay in the greatest state, in the greatest country, in the world for people to go hungry. And while I still think that the vast majority of Americans believe that we should feed our neighbors, we should give hands out to when people need a hands up. Unfortunately, some of the conversations happening right now are very squarely focused on cutting the very programs that we know have the ability to support vulnerable individuals. And I'll lift up one conversation in particular that I am very worried about right now, and that is the WIC program. So WIC is not an entitlement, which means it's subject to an annual budget conversation. And as you know, there is a very big budget conversation happening in Washington, D.C. right now. And we understand that the WIC program is one of the programs on the table being considered for cuts what those cuts would mean, to be very clear, is that tens of thousands of women who are mothers and their infant children would be cut off of a program that provides them with food to eat. And I, I find that just astonishing, to be honest. Um, We can have different points of view and, frankly, disagreements on a whole host of policy issues, but I can't imagine 
how we could possibly think it's okay for a six-month-old baby or a three-year-old toddler to not have food that they need, not not just to to thrive, but frankly, to live. Um, and I'm astonished that that is on the bargaining table. And you know, while we're we're while we're here at this point, let's talk about what the problem is or how the how big the problem is because i mean we know the part of the problem we see on the streets of chicago every day but what aren't we seeing and how much of it aren't we seeing i mean your your organization has done some of its own uh studying of the problem here how bad is it such an important question and i'm going to start with one thing that I think we sometimes don't realize, which is hunger in Chicago, hunger here in America, looks very different than it does in other parts of the world. You can't walk down Michigan Avenue and point to the people that you're passing by who are food insecure. And yet, our data tells us clearly that if you are walking down Michigan Avenue, you will pass neighbors who have had to make difficult trade-off decisions in order to be able to get the food that they need to get by. So how big is the problem? We're really fortunate um, in Chicago, there are a number of great uh, academic institutions, including Northwestern University, where Dr. Diane Schazenbach is an economist who's done a lot of work in this area of trying to understand the lives of people in poverty and how they access the safety net. Dr. Schazenbach started um, an effort in the early days of the pandemic to regularly keep track of food insecurity. And what we know from her research is sobering. But more than 20% of households in the greater metropolitan area are food insecure. So one in five. But it actually, um, the story gets worse. When we look at households with children, it's actually one in four. 25% of those households have food insecurity. And when we start looking specifically at households of color, it gets even worse. And so one thing I'll just lift up, 37% of African-American households with children in the greater Chicago area are food insecure. More than one third. Think about that. It's just... It, it, it is astonishing. And we have to talk about not only why is there so much hunger, but why are there disparities about who is hungry, which gets to, I think, a really important point of understanding. When we think about hunger in other parts of the world, I said it looks different. There are also 
in many instances, when we talk about international hunger, there are other contributing causes. It's often, um, maybe there's a war that is preventing food from coming into a community, or there is a global, uh, there's a climate crisis. Um, there could be a drought where food is literally not being grown in a region. And yet when we look at why people are hungry in Chicago and across the United States of America, um, it really isn't a supply chain issue. In fact, we grow more than enough food. We produce more than enough food in this country for everyone to eat. So much, in fact, that we feed other parts of the world. The reason that people face hunger in Chicago, in suburban uh, communities across every one of Illinois' 102 counties is because hunger in America is a symptom of poverty in America. The reality is we have millions of Americans who get to the end of a month and they do not have enough money in their bank account to be able to go to a grocery store and buy food. And those millions of Americans are turning to this charitable network of food pantries and soup kitchens supplied by food banks in the Feeding America network. And all of us are doing, unfortunately, a booming business. And are, first off, do, do enough people know about that network and know that they can get help. And frankly, uh, you know, what, what little I've, you know, I've, I've known from covering the story and frankly dealing with, you know, uh, some food banks and pantries and such, there are a lot of, it's a hard decision for people to make to even go and ask for help. You are so right. I, I would actually go beyond saying it's a hard decision. I, I would say that some of the bravest and most heroic people I have met in my life are people who have made that decision to put their pride to the side, to go and get food for themselves and their families. In particular, I'll just lift up um, the number of parents I've met. Can you imagine admitting to somebody that you need help feeding your child, that is not an easy thing to do. And yet every day we see mothers and fathers and grandparents and aunts and uncles who are making the very difficult decision to walk into a food pantry to make sure that their children are fed. We also see many of those parents making really, really terrible trade-off decisions like choosing not to eat themselves, choosing um, to give their food to their children so that uh, the food stretches a little bit further. And I've over the years met many parents who will do everything they can to make sure that their children have food, but they themselves will go to bed hungry but to your point, there is some good news in that 
there are these amazing community organizations in every neighborhood, in every county of the state. And if somebody is listening to us right now, I want them to know that they can go to, whether it's the Greater Chicago Food Depository website, which is chicagosfoodbank.org, or the website of any food bank in the state, Northern Illinois Food Bank serves the suburban communities around Cook County. You can go to those websites and click Find Food. And that will take you to this amazing dynamic tool that will help you find a food pantry or a soup kitchen or another program that is in your community or close to where you need to be to get food. And I just want to encourage people. Um, those sites are welcoming. They are dignified experiences. And if anybody is listening to this right now and is struggling with access to food, I hope they know that we are there for them and they can go to that website, chicagosfoodbank.org. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest this week is Kate Mayer, Executive Director and CEO of the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Um, for all the number of organizations, and as you say, in this area, 800, um, how are the resources going for those organizations to keep going? Because, you know, we we annually do kind of a, an, a look over uh, charitable organizations. The United Way helps us with some of that. And some years it looks pretty good and some years it doesn't. And how what kind of a year um, are organizations like yours having? We are having a year with a lot of challenges. And I'm actually... Uh, going to start a little bit before this year, which of course was the pandemic. So just for context, if you would have called me four years ago, I would have told you that we were doing a booming business then. Before the pandemic, the Greater Chicago Food Depository was already serving 800,000 of our neighbors annually. And that was at a time that we will probably for quite some time look back at it as being the very best of times. When the pandemic happened and the stay-at-home order went into effect, almost immediately we saw the need for food at food pantries surge. It came down in the fall of 2020, in part because Congress had taken some steps to provide support to families and individuals. They strengthened the safety net that worked and there was a bright moment where we saw food insecurity and poverty rates declining in this country. Unfortunately, two things happened. Number one, Congress made the decision to roll back those programs. Uh, in my opinion, they did that far too soon and far too drastically. And we know from the data but also I know from the many, many conversations I have had with families who were directly impacted, these cuts were devastating. To all of a sudden lose 50 or $100 in food stamp or SNAP benefits really was the difference between being able to go to a grocery store and having to turn to a food pantry. 
Unfortunately, those cuts happened at the exact same moment that inflation was beginning to reign all across the country. And we all have experienced this. Everybody who's listening right now, I'm sure, has gone to a grocery store and has had that moment of shock when you have seen how much eggs cost, how much milk costs, how much bread costs. Inflation, in turn, has had two really serious impacts on anti-hunger organizations. First, the families and individuals we serve, they carry the brunt of that. It may not seem like a big deal to some people when your grocery bill is $10 more, but if you are living on a really tight budget, that can be the difference between having enough money to buy food at the grocery and not having enough money. The second impact is, as I said at the very beginning of the show, our food bank And frankly, this is true of almost every food bank in this country. We do not get enough donated food to meet the need. We purchase food. Now, we have great relationships with the food industry. And because of those relationships and because of the scale at which we operate, we're able to purchase food at a much lower cost than most of us could at a grocery store but we still have to purchase. And we too are having to deal with inflation. So eggs, milk, peanut butter, these are all things that we buy at our food bank and we are paying a lot more for that, which means less food coming in. At the very time that we're seeing more people showing up, it has been really complex and I'm really worried about the year ahead. To what degree is the Greater Chicago Food Depository involved with or helping with the uh, the migrant crisis? Especially, it's more in Chicago than anywhere else in Illinois. It is. We also have been in a position where we have had the opportunity to welcome more than 25,000 new neighbors into Chicago, many of them needing support uh, from the food bank. And so we have been deeply involved. We are partnering closely with the state of Illinois and also the city of Chicago. And today, the Greater Chicago Food Depository is providing hot meals, uh, breakfast and, or sorry, lunch and dinner to about 11,000 people in shelters all across the community. We are also providing uh, fresh produce, water, diapers, hygiene items, uh, granola bars, cereal to those shelters. And then we are also seeing many new arrivals who have left the shelter system, but who are still trying to get on their feet, who may now be in housing, an apartment or a house, who are turning to our traditional network of food pantries. And so multiple touch points. uh, And it has been a big effort. Uh, I will say it has provided some of our um, most challenging moments, but also um, some of our most inspiring moments of the last year. I'll just share one story. I had the opportunity 
last Friday night to ride on one of our trucks that was delivering meals that we had made at the food depository. So we have a kitchen. Um, We have an amazing team of people who make meals from scratch every day, about 2,500 hot meals that we are delivering to shelters. And I was on a truck and we pulled up to one of the shelters and it was really sad. Um, It was a shelter that was a building that um, had just begun to crumble a little bit. And despite the best efforts of the staff, there were some Christmas decorations on the wall, but even those felt a little sad um, coming into the shelter. And as I was walking down the hall with my colleague who was rolling the cart with the meals, I, I was just feeling this wave of emotion. What would it be like to be in a shelter on a Friday night? two and a half weeks before Christmas. And I found myself just, I thought I was gonna just burst into tears. And right then we came around the corner and it was a shelter that all of the people in that shelter are men without families. And this group of men just sort of jumped up and they came running to help us uh, with the um, cart that my colleague had and to help uh, offload the cart. And my Spanish is not great, but it was good enough to understand what everyone was saying, which was over and over and over again. Thank you. And in this moment, I realized that that is the power of food. Even though there are these moments where it feels like the conversations in this country are so divided and that there's so much discord and anger. What I was reminded of is that even when you don't speak the same language, even on a Friday night in what feels like a sad place, food can be the source of joy It can be this thing that brings us together. It can be the very, very thing that reminds us of the opportunity for all of us to be there for each other and to be better together. Kate, I can't think of a better way to uh, to end this this interview than that. Uh, That is Kate Mayer, Executive Director and CEO of the Greater Chicago Food Depository. Thank you for spending the time with us. And that uh, uh, email, or excuse me, that uh, web address again is chicagosfoodbank.org for people who want to find food. Uh, to our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of Ad Issue, and I hope you'll be listening until then. I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 